Thank you, Brother Larry. It's so good to see in the house of the Lord you that came in person. Thank you. Thank you for being here. You that are viewing online, thank you so very much. It is very important that we certainly carve out time during the week that we worship the Lord. And this is, this is the time that we have done that. And uh, again, we thank you for being here. Uh, what I'd like to do to, today is preach a brief sermon, if I can. And then we're going to have some. <clears throat> then we're going to have some singing, congregational singing, uh, special song. But uh, we're here to honor God and to thank Him. I thank God that America has carved out a day to where it's a time that hopefully that our nation will stop and give thanks unto the Lord. Isn't that wonderful that we have a holiday? Some want to stop that. I hope they never do. It's important. And as we go through this brief sermon, as we go through this sermon, uh, we can see the, the importance of thanksgiving. Let me read the introduction. Gratitude. By the way, everyone, I want you to have an outline. And somebody go back there. Now, some of us want to get our own outline. That's fine. If you'd like to do that, but if you'd like for someone to hand you one, could I get one or two guys or gals or whoever to go back and uh, to distribute these outlines? Because it is so important that we not only hear the word, but that we can read what thus saith the Lord. And so uh, raise your hand if you don't have an outline and you would like to have one. Gratitude arises from the lived perception and acceptance of all of life as grace, as an undeserved and unearned gift from the Father, an acknowledgement of the giver. And, and that's what it is. We, we know that we need God and we need his help and certainly need his gifts and whatever that he provides for us. Research has shown that giving thanks makes people happier. It makes people more resilient. It strengthens relationships. It improves health. And it reduces stress. I tell you, anything that will help in those areas, I want to do it. I mean, if I had a pill today, I had some medicine today, and I said to you, do you want uh, to be happier? Do you want more resilience? Do you want to be strengthened in your relationships? Do you want to improve your health? Do you certainly want to reduce your stress? You'd say, hey, I want that. Well, this is what does that. This is one of the things. And that is for the church and you and I to be happy. 1 Thessalonians 5 and 18 says, In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Someone says, I want to know God's will. There it is. What is it? For you and I to honor God, respect him, and certainly to give him thanks. Ephesians puts it this way, 5 and 20. Give him thanks, what? Always. What? For all things to God. The Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to him. And it is important. Now, let me read, and I want to take this message, if you will, from Psalms chapter 100. I enjoy Psalms 100. It is an outstanding praise to God. It is an outstanding uh, writings to, for us today, especially during this occasion. Psalms 100, and this is called a psalm of thanksgiving. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all your lands. Now, I like the idea that you could come into the service and enjoy the reverence and the quietness and, and enjoy the, the, the serenity of the Holy Spirit. But I like the idea that we can shout and get a little loud sometimes. Now, as you get older, you, li you like loud sounds less. But I still like shouting and praising the Lord. Serve the Lord with sadness. Wait a minute. 
If you look at some people, you'd think that's the way it reads. But it's not. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pastor. Then it says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Now, I enjoy watching in person at the Dean Smith Center, the uh, Tar Heels, the Carolina Tar Heels basketball team. And if you'll get there early, you'll watch them at one time. They'll come out and they'll, they'll, they'll bounce the ball and shoot and do all kinds of stretches. And then they go back into the locker room. And then all of a sudden the band starts up. Boom, 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 boom. And they come running out. And the congregation or the crowd is in a frenzy. And I don't know what Duke does. Duke do something like that? What's the song they do? You know what they You want a microphone to say that? No. <laughs> but anyway, how, listen to this, how you enter means a lot. Elvis didn't just come on stage. They said, here comes Elvis, here comes Elvis. No. The music started. It got louder and louder and louder and louder, and they have a film of him in the back, getting ready, getting ready, getting ready. How you enter means a lot. Now, you can come to church dragging in, oh, when the saints come dragging in, oh, when the saints come dragging in. Or you can, and then for some, oh, you know, we're late. We just barely get there. We, you know, we drag. But we need the square shoulders. We need to have prayed. Amen. We need to have prepared ourselves. We need to come into this place expectant. Expecting God to do something. It says, enter into his gates with thanksgiving. The gates which led to his temple. The gates which led to public worship. You know private worship is great. Worshiping by yourself and you can ride down the highway and enjoy the presence of God and just love the Lord. You can be at home and, and just praise God kneeling in your living room together. But there's nothing like public worship. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his Courts, that's where they gathered to worship. Into his courts with praise be thankful to him. And do what? Bless his name. And then he gives us a reason. I want to get into this in just a moment. Then he gives us, for, for the Lord is what? Good. The Bible says that he is the good shepherd. The Bible says that he is the good Samaritan. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generation. His truth endures to all generation. That, that verse 5 captures everything about this whole chapter, that verse. And we want to look at it in just a moment. Man's spiritual decline. Now, I picked this up from someone, and I wanted, to, I wanted to talk about it a little bit. There is no verse in the Bible like Romans chapter 1, as far as I'm concerned, that describes the characteristics, not only of that time, but of the last days. In this one chapter, 18 stages of world apostasy. 18 stages. Not only that, but what started the decline into this gross 
immorality and perversion. When you start reading this chapter, it almost makes you sick at what people will do and what they will allow the enemy to do in their lives. And you wonder why. Why has the nation, this nation, degenerated into where it's at today? And I could go through all the litmus things of what's in this world today. I mean, you wonder why. But I want you to notice verse 21 of this first chapter of the book of Romans. Because all they, although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. You want to start someone, someone on the decline when it comes to their relationship with God, even when it comes to their relationship with husband and wife. How long has it been since we've given thought about our companion? How long has it been since we've given thought about our church? How long has it been since we just said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. But we live in a day where it's, it's me, self-centeredness, selfishness, all about me, all about me. And then if we get something, we go, well, I deserved it. Or listen, we need to be, I like an amen here. We need to be a nation of thankfulness. Amen. A nation of thankfulness. And look, 2 Timothy chapter 3. There are 18, not only were there 18 uh, stages of world apostasy in Romans 1, there are 18 characteristics of apostates in the last days. In fact, let me read verses 1 and 2 of 2 Timothy. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times. What kind of times are those? They're dangerous times. I don't think I'd have to ask too often, but I believe every one of you would agree with me that we are living in the last days. And it says here, perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, amen. Lovers of money, amen. Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedience to parents, unthankful, unholy. I mean, all of these terrible traits of man in the last days. And right there with that is put that, that attitude of unthankfulness. And I told you I would mention that how important. I don't want to fall into the trap of the enemy and to end up like Romans 1 and 2 Corinthians 3. I don't want to start on the decline. What started it? What started it? I wouldn't be surprised if much of apostasy and backsliding is not started most of the time through a person or people that are unthankful. Unthankful. But here we are to have an attitude of gratitude. Psalms chapter 100 gives us not only a challenge and a call to be thankful, but also plenty of reasons why we should thank the Lord for his goodness toward us. All of us go through hard times. All of us go through times of disappointment. All of us go through times when it seems like that our prayers get no farther than the ceiling. And we hurt. We hurt bad emotionally. And we don't understand what's happening. We don't know what to praise God for. I'd like to encourage you to take your Bible, whatever translation it is, open the pages of the, the Bible, turn to Psalms 100 and read it, and it will give you good reasons to be thankful, no matter what we are facing. Our entrance into his presence I read to you, make a joyful noise. And that comes from one Hebrew word, which means to shout. When it says make a joyful noise, you and I are to shout unto the Lord. 
And I've told this so many times, some of you are tired of it. Probably the man down at the altar just crying out to God, raising his voice and crying out and praying to God. And he's, he's crying and praying to the top of his voice. Well, this guy next to him, it was irritating to him. And so he reached over and said, sir, God's not deaf. And he said, no, and he's not nervous neither. Your God's not nervous. Our God likes praise. He at times likes shouting. Shout to the Lord. Make a joyful noise. Someone said, I can't sing. Can you make a noise? A joyful noise? We're to make a joyful noise. Enter with shouted. Vocal praise unto the Lord is kind of fashion in... Let me say it again. Vocal praise unto the Lord is kind of out of fashion, I believe, in our world. But it is still vogue in God's economy. I mean, you can't hardly go anywhere where they want you to, they, they, they just want you to be quiet. You tiptoe through the tulips. You, you walk in and you're afraid you're, you're just like walking on eggshells. Now, don't get me wrong. We have to go in the church reverently and with honor and respect and awe to the Lord. But we're to go in with a shout, hallelujah. Not an irritating shout, but a shout and a praise unto the Lord. Enter with service. We're not to enter, only enter with shouting, but to, we're in verse 2, enter with service. We are to never allow our labor for the Lord to become a drudgery. Serve the Lord with gladness. And I've seen so many people over the years. We've pastored a long time. And I've seen so many people over the years. And I know, listen, we all can have burnout. I understand that. I understand we need breaks. I understand that. But we should never get to where we feel like that what we're doing for God is drudgery or just a great sacrifice or we hate it. Do what you do for God with excitement. Do what you do with God with joy. Do what you do with God motivated by, by the Spirit. Do what you do with God motivated intrinsically. Not because some preacher or song leader or someone said, come on now, come. No, we should do it because we're motivated from in here. I'm moved from in here. I got to reading about God's goodness I got to reading about God's mercy. I got to reading and thinking about how good God has been to me. And it brought forth that. Enter with shouting, enter with service, and then enter with singing. Singing is so important. Singing is so important. Did you enjoy uh, the praise team this morning? Didn't they do good? Give them another good hand. I know you praised and thank God for them, but they did such a wonderful job. Singing is so important. Lifting our souls unto the Lord through a song is a tremendous way to bless his name and certainly to exalt him. And we exalt him and praise him because he is our sovereign God. It says, know the Lord. You see, worship is intelligent worship. We shouldn't just be worshiping. I mean, you know, we could be worshiping anything. But we need to know the Lord and know that He is good. Know that He's God. He's sovereign. He is the great I Am. He is Jehovah. There is no other God. He alone is God. Worship the sovereign God. All thanksgiving flows from verse 3. Look at it. Know the Lord. He is God. All other gods are vanity. There are no other gods. There are plenty of gods in America, plenty of gods in the world. I was in India some years ago, and they have so many gods you can't count them. And they worship those gods. They go out on a big, big river and try to wash themselves clean and and get to know their God and honor their God. They paint themselves. 
But I went out into a big river one day when I was nine years old. It was flowing with the blood of Jesus Christ. And it washed me once and for all. And I don't have to go out and again into a big river anywhere. God wants, we need to know. He is God. It is He that has saved us and not we ourselves. The summons to praise is based on these Valid reasons. Look at verse 5. For the Lord is good. That's the reason I serve him. He's not a bad God, an ungod. He is a good God. And when the devil says anything about God's not treated you right, you said, You just go, devil, because I'm serving a. First of all, he is good. His mercy. Woo! Is everlasting. You never, never exhaust the powerful, wonderful mercy of God. And His truth endures to all generations. What is truth? Pilate asked him, What is truth? Let me tell you something, Pilate, it's standing right in front of you. This, this nation has turned its back on truth. It's amazing what goes on in, in, the, in the name of lies. How people lie today and think nothing about it. But you know what? Jesus is truth. You say Jesus and you speak truth. You live for Jesus and you live truth. You walk in truth. You bathe yourself in truth. You don't have a problem. I don't lie. I don't tell lies. I don't have to lie. I don't want to lie. You said, oh, you got to lie. No, somebody said you got to lie sometime. No, you don't have to lie. You need to be truthful and tell the very truth of God. So we're to praise God. Listen at me. We're to praise God. And this chapter gives you the reason and the reasons why you praise God. Amen. It's wonderful. Notice some things that we have here. Gratitude is the result of a sense of forgiveness. It's the, res it's the results of a sense of need. And I love this one. It is the results of humility. I'm going to say them again. One, forgiveness. I've been forgiveness, forgiven. And I thank God for it. I thank God for it. So gratitude, the origin of gratitude comes from a sense that we've been forgiven. It comes from a sense of need. I need God. Listen, America doesn't need anything today. We're going to sing a song in just a moment. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it was written by Jeff Easter's father. Back when they lived in a two-room house. Now the words of this song may, you may not identify with them. In fact, most people won't today. You know, I remember living when we didn't have any electricity. Boy, you sure are old. I am. I, we didn't have, we had to burn lamps. We didn't have heat. Now we had stoves. You'd burn up on one side and freeze on the other side. My mother many a night, my mother many a night with our three children would warm a blanket next to the stove and we'd rush to the bed and she'd put that blanket in. And we'd pull those covers. If you could pull them up. They were so heavy. There was so much cover on you. And we'd pull that cover up over us and we'd sleep. Breathe out smoke because it's so cold. You could look through the and see cracks in the... See, see the outside in the bedroom where we were sleeping. I mean, I remember... We didn't have telephones. We didn't have television. Wow, how did we live? We did just... Fine. In fact, I'm not too sure we didn't do better than we do today. 
We had an old 52 Chevrolet. We drove that car everywhere. It didn't have a bit of heat to it. We had to carry blankets because mom and Judy and myself, Junius, he didn't go most of the time. But we, we rode in that old 52 Chevrolet, and it was so cold. It would get down to freezing, beyond freezing, and we'd get in that car, and we'd wrap up with that blanket, but we never stopped going to church. Oh, my God, I can't get out. It's too cold. And we got heaters and air conditions and, and everything. We didn't have any air conditions in our church. We had to raise the windows, and we had those Sampson County gnats. And you didn't have to invite them to church. They came automatically. They worried you to death. They'd get in your eye. They'd get all in your food. I'm not going to church. We don't have air condition. Guess what? We had service. We'd open up those windows and that wind would blow through there and the music would start and we'd start shouting and praising God and the power of God would move. Wow! I mean, they don't have to stop us. See, people can't identify as worth and David and all of us come to the platform. People can't identify with this song. They don't know. They don't know what it is to be without food. Are you listening? Come here, Carol. Come here. I want you to tell. There were times, was there times that you and, and your dad and mom and Jean didn't have food? Yes. Um, I was about five years old. My sister Jean was a baby. And we were out of food. I was hungry. And my mom had this way of just kind of never making it bad. So I said, Mom, I'm hungry. And she said, well, we're going to have air pudding tonight. And I said, what in the world is air pudding? And she took me to the... Um, you call it kind of like a little pantry. And she opened the door and you said, she said, you see that bowl there? And I said, yeah. She said, that's air pudding. Well, about that time, God, God sent an angel. And my dad always believed it was an angel because we never saw a person. We never saw anyone. But an angel deposited food at our front door because we had absolutely no food. And God divinely provided for us. But you know what? As a young child, I remember that God can provide even when you don't have food. Amen. 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 Thank you. See, people, it's hard for people to identify with, with certain things today. When these songs are written, they said, well, I don't know. Well, listen. As worth takes us in to this beautiful song written by Mr. Easter. I struggle alone and they say I have nothing but they are so wrong in my heart I'm rejoicing I wish they could see And these clothes, they're 
not new and I don't have much money oh but Lord I have you and to me that's all that matters though the world may not see thank you Lord for your blessings on me there's a roof up above me of a good place to sleep and there's food on my table and shoes on my feet where you gave me your love Lord and a fine And these clothes, they're not new. And I don't have much money. Oh, but Lord, I have you. And to me, that's all that matters. Though the world may not see. And there's food on my table and shoes on my feet where you gave me your love, Lord, and a fine family. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings on
Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're so thankful for your blessings. Help us never to get to the place when we're people that's unthankful. But Lord, let not only this week be Thanksgiving. Lord, we have no service or activities here in the church on Wednesday night, but we've given that time. We hope to take time with every family together around the Thanksgiving table and have not only, Lord, the turkey and potato salad and all the good food, but have also a time of thanksgiving, of praise, of honor to you. 
And Lord, as we come, dear God, to this portion of the service, Lord, I sense your praise, your anointing. I sense, dear God, your precious blessings. And I pray your blessings upon every man, every woman, every son, every daughter. We ask, God, that you might touch physically and spiritually. And Lord, if you're dealing with someone in a spiritual way today, maybe someone that don't know you. Maybe there's someone that at one time they did know you as their personal Savior. But today they've walked away from you. Today they're not acquainted with you as they should. We pray, God, that you might touch their life. May they see the need to once again renew the relationship with you. Lord, you tell us in Revelation to go and do our first works over. That first work is repenting of our sins. Asking you to forgive us through your Son, Jesus Christ. And you also tell us to confess with our mouth your Son, Jesus Christ, and that we do today. And Lord, if there is one person here today that needs to renew their covenant, needs to new, renew their relationship, let it be today. Let them walk out these doors renewed by your power. Renewed simply because of their confession to you. My friend, if you're here today, I don't care if you've been serving God for a long time or you've never served Him or maybe today you at one time did, but you know you've drifted away from God. I've wandered far away from God. Now I'm coming home. Maybe you're like the prodigal son. Maybe you're a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. And you'd like to come back to him. Well, he's sitting on the door, just the porch, just waiting for you. He has his eyes down the trail, down the road, looking for you to come home. Preacher, I want to come home to him. I want to do those things that I once did before. I want to have the joy that I once possessed. Restore unto me, David said it. He said, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. God's going to restore some joy here today. I want everyone to pray this simple prayer with me. And if you need to pray it with, and maybe we all need to pray it, but if you need to pray it, pray it in sincerity. Pray it in faith and believe God. Heavenly Father, I come to you today sorry of my sins. I ask you to forgive me and I repent of all my sins. I accept you Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, I just want to thank you. Jesus, I just Want to thank you, Jesus. I just want to thank you. Thank you for being. I want you to sing it, Jesus. Everyone sing it out. I want to praise you. Jesus, I just want to praise you. Jesus, I just want to praise you. Praise you for being so good. Praise you 
so good. My, my, my. God's touched you today, and you'd like to... The Bible says if, if, you, will con, if you will confess Jesus before people, He will confess you before the Father. Isn't that something? But if we fail, I don't think maybe necessarily that means you've got to get up in a church or... But I do believe it means that we must and we should have a testimony following our relationship with the Lord. Somebody, I believe, has had a touch from God today. And if you'd like to have a moment to give me a, give us a brief testimony, talk loud so I can hear you. You're here today and you say, Preacher, God's touched me and I want to tell about it. Take a moment and do that right now. Well, I feel like God's touched several people. Tell somebody about it uh, after the service. I do have a book. If you renewed your relationship with the Lord, whatever new convert should know, what every new convert should know. And it is one of the most helpful books as we begin our journey with Jesus. Amen. So just let me know. Now, I'm going to end, or we're going to end, not I'm going to end. We're going to end with that 100th song. And I don't doubt that every person here knows this song. Come on up, Amber. You know this one. Help us sing. Come on up. Uh, who else can sing? Who else can sing? Come on. Come on. Come on. Get a microphone. Hang on. As Mr. Darling would said on Andy Griffith, hang on. <laughs> I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. I will say this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice for he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. I will rejoice for he hath made me glad. Glad, glad. He hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. I will rejoice. Put your hands together. Sing it out loud. Here we go. I will enter his gate with thanksgiving in my heart. I'll say this is a day. Sing it loud. Come on, sing it out. I will. I will rejoice for he has made glad. I'll tell you right now, NBC won't make you glad. ABC won't make you glad. Fox won't make you glad. The New York Times or whatever won't make you glad. The world won't make you glad. But he has made me glad. He has made me glad. I will rejoice for he has made me glad. Glad, glad. He has made me glad. He hath made me glad. I will rejoice for he. Sing it again. Oh, he hath made me glad. He hath made me glad. Fathers, we end this service. I pray for every son of every parent that's not saved. Somehow, some way, during this Thanksgiving and Christmas holiday, speak to their heart. Send someone their way to bring conviction. And may they be open and willing to say yes to you. God, I pray, dear Father, that you touch every grandson, every granddaughter, Lord, some may be on drugs. Some may be out, dear God, way yonder somewhere. But God, if you can save a Paul, you can save a grandson. If you can touch Nebuchadnezzar, 
You can touch a granddaughter. Lord, you can touch these lives. And may, dear God, you bring them in. What's she playing? Bring. For saving. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me. Thy great, sing it again. Thank you, Lord. Sing it out with you. For saving my soul. Thank you, Lord. Thank I started to say, put on your mask, turn to someone, and smile real big. That, that's futile. That is just as futile as it can be. Because they would not know. I hate these masks, but they are necessary, whatever. Amen? So put on your mask. Elbow somebody. Shoulder somebody. Boo! No, don't do that. Show somebody you love them. God bless you. Have a wonderful holiday.